Welcome to Two Pillars Podcast, motivation for the mind and spirit, drawing frequent reference from the Bible. Receive bite-sized, digestible, motivational insights and tools to renew your spirit and nourish a strong mindset. And now your host, author, blogger, and leader, Elita Torres. Welcome to another episode of Two Pillars Podcast. We're going to do one more episode before we return to the Fate series. So as I mentioned the last episode, there are three more episodes for the Fate series. But I wanted to take a pause and do something different, uh, more themed on, on mindset before returning to the Fate series. Today we're learning, we're going to talk about what we can learn about dreams from the Chinese bamboo tree. So in the Far East, they have a tree that's called the Chinese bamboo tree. This amazing tree is different from most other trees. It has similar characteristics as most plants in that it has to be watered and fertilized on a regular basis. There is something, however, that makes this tree unique. While most trees grow steadily over a period of years, the Chinese bamboo tree doesn't break ground for the first five years. Then in the fifth year, a remarkable thing happens. The tree begins to grow at an astonishing rate. In fact, in a period of just five weeks, a Chinese bamboo tree can grow to a height of 90 feet. In life, we all have goals that we want to accomplish. Some of them will come fast and easy. Others, despite moving and plugging away, seem to gain no ground. Don't get discouraged. You may not see the results right away, but your actions are slowly starting to gain momentum. Eventually, once you break ground, much like the Chinese bamboo tree, amazing things will start happening. I remember when I first took over a territory for you years back, they were dead last in ranking. Not only that, but almost every single key performance indicator was an opportunity, including turnover. I felt like I just, I felt like I was on a hill, not just a hill actually, but a mountain that I needed to climb. I wanted to start my new leadership role right. So I started implementing a plan to turn results around, starting with getting the right people in the right place. And I could still remember those first few weeks and even months. I wanted immediate results and it became easy to get discouraged when it didn't come. Faith in my plan and patience continued to drive my actions. That year, I didn't finish last, but I wasn't that far away. During the following year, however, I began to see my Chinese bamboo tree growing. By the end of the following year, my territory finished first overall. Sometimes it can take much longer to see the momentum you have been working so hard to keep going in the attainment of your goals. Does the Chinese bamboo tree grow 90 feet tall in five weeks or five years? It grows 90 feet tall in five years. If at that time that person would have stopped watering or nurturing that dream, that bamboo tree would have died in the ground. Keep watering your dreams. What dream are you working on that feels much like the bamboo tree in this story? The Bible is filled with stories of promised dreams that took what felt an eternity to achieve. One great example, probably one of the best examples, is the story of Joseph. 
So Moses get, writes more about Joseph and gives him more time in Genesis than he does any other character. A striking fact given the significance of Genesis' other main characters, Adam, Noah, and the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, huge figures in the Bible, huge important figures. But Moses writes more about Joseph's story than any of those characters. This prominence is even more striking considering the apparent insignificance of Joseph in the rest of the scripture. Joseph was born in the Mesopotamian town of Haran to his parents Jacob and Rachel. At the age of six, he left Haran along with his family and journeyed to the land of Canaan, eventually setting in Hebron. Problem was that Jacob displayed extra affection to Joseph, who was born in his father's old age. This prompted feelings of jealousy within his brothers, especially the sons of Jacob's other wife, Leah. And as we know, the Bible is filled with examples of sibling, very dangerous sibling rivalries. As if Jacob's special attention wasn't enough, Joseph then decides to share two of his dreams with his brothers. Probably not the best idea. In the first dream, the brothers were gathering wheat in the field, and the brothers' bundles bowed to Joseph's bundles. In the second, Joseph envisioned the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars, symbolizing his parents and brothers bowing to him. When he tells his brothers this story, they were obviously furious because in those times it wasn't the youngest that that it wasn't the oldest that bowed to the youngest, but the reverse. Who was just who was Joseph to tell his older brothers about a dream where his brothers bowed to him? His brothers' jealousy became a seed that eventually grew to evil. One day, Joseph instructed Joseph to visit his brothers in Sheshem, where they were tending their sheep. Seizing their chance, the, the brothers threw the unsuspected Joseph into a pit. A short while later, they spotted an Arab caravan passing the scene, and the brothers sold Joseph to the traders. He was eventually brought to Egypt, where he was sold to Potiphar, one of the king's pharaoh's ministers. As a child, I am sure Joseph had many dreams. None of them involved being sidetracked through jealousy, being sold as a slave. But he didn't become bitter. Instead, he chose to do his best and become a reliable and hardworking servant. Divine success enabled him to find favor in his master's eyes, and he was appointed head of Potiphar's estate. Although his original dream was dashed, I can imagine he started to feel good about his path. It's starting to go well. Okay. I got sidetracked. But, you know, this is not this is not so bad. However, this wouldn't last long. Attracted by his handsome looks, Potiphar's wife desired to be intimate with him. A man of faith and strong values, Joseph continuously refused. One day when no one was home other than the two of them, the mistress grasped Joseph got Joseph's garment, demanding that he consent. Thinking quickly, Joseph slid out of his cloak and ran outside. This self-control earned him the appellation Joseph the Righteous. Potiphar's wife turned the tables on Joseph, telling her husband that it was Joseph who had tried to entice her. The angry master reacted by placing his trustworthy assistant in prison. What was beginning to be a distant 
decent life quickly turned around. What is so remarkable about, remarkable about Joseph and this attitude towards events in his life is that he kept looking for ways to make the most of his situation. Joseph was in prison long enough for several things to happen. He gained favor in the prison warden's eyes. He was put in charge of the prison. Then he met the pharaoh's cupbearer cup and baker that also were in prison. He interpreted their dreams. Three days after Joseph gave his interpretations, the cupbearer cup was reinstated and the baker was executed, all like Joseph had predicted based on his interpretation of their dreams. After that, two full years passed and Joseph was still in, in prison. The scripture says that Joseph was 17 years old when his brother sold him to the Ishmaelites. By the time he was released from prison and appointed as head over Egypt, Joseph was 30 years of age. He got out of prison when finally interpreting a dream for Pharaoh, he was released. Pharaoh had begun to have disturbing dreams and the chief cupbearer remembered the skill of the young Hebrew in prison. Pharaoh's dreams about cows and stalks of grain befuddled his most skilled counselors. Joseph testified to God's ability to provide interpretations and his own role as merely the mediator of his revelation. He wasn't taking the glory. He was just simply, he was giving God the glory and, and referring to himself just as a mediator. Guided by his ability to correctly interpret Pharaoh's dreams, he guided Egypt through seven years of one of the worst famines they had seen. By applying his God-given skill and wisdom, Joseph successfully brought Egypt through the agricultural catastrophe. When the seven years of good harvest came, Joseph developed a stockpiling system to store the grain for use during the coming drought. So that way, when the seven years of drought arrived, they were ready. And he opened the storehouses and provided enough food to bring the nation through the famine. In fact, his wise strategy led to the implementation of the plan, which allowed Egypt to supply grain to the rest of the world during the famine. In this case, God's fulfillment of his promise that Abraham's descendants would be a blessing to the world occurred not only for the benefit of foreign nations, but even through the industry of a foreign nation in Egypt. So he was brought up as a youth as, and, and treated as the favored son. His brothers got jealous, sold him to slavery. He decided to make the most of the situation, try to work hard and become the best servant possible. He gained favor. Then when he thought things were going well, he was put in prison, not for something he did, but for something he didn't do. It could have been easy for him to give up, but he still kept his faith. He still believed in God's grace. And when the opportunity came, he correctly interpreted a dream for Pharaoh, which made him more powerful in his new role than anyone except Pharaoh. The diverging path he found himself on more than once led him to a path he never even imagined, or probably, I mean, I'm assuming, never even imagined was possible. In the midst of the crisis of Egypt, Joseph's brother arrived from Canaan, seeking to buy food as the famine severely affected their land. 
His brothers didn't even recognize Joseph. It had been many years. Now, it would be easy and fairly satisfactory to make their request for help a little hard. Just a little bit hard. It would make, it would have been easy to gloat and make it, maybe even make them beg for help. After all, they sold their own brother out of jealousy. But when he finally revealed himself to him, to them, it wasn't revenge that came out, but love and mercy. This is taken from Genesis 45, verse 3 to 28. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one who you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there have been famine in the land. And for the next five years will be no plowing or and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you. A remnant on the earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children, grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and all you have. I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about the, all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you have seen, and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept, and Benjamin embraced him weeping, and he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him. When the news reached Pharaoh's palace that Joseph's brothers had come, Pharaoh and all his officials were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers, do this, load your animals and return to the land of Canaan, and bring your father and your families back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you can enjoy the fat of the land. You are also directed to tell them, do this, take some carts from Egypt for your children and your wives, and get your father and come. Never mind about your belongings, because the best of all Egypt will be yours. So the sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them carts, as Pharaoh had commanded, and he also gave them provisions for their journey. To each of them he gave new clothing, but to Benjamin he gave 300 shekels of silver and five sets of clothes. And this is what he sent to his father, ten donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other provisions for his journey. Then he sent his brothers away, and as they were leaving, he said to them, Don't quarrel on the way. So they went up out of Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. They told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he is ruler of all of Egypt. Jacob was stunned. He did not believe them. But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, when he saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. And Israel said, I am convinced. 
my son Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Despite all the kindness and grace Joseph showed his brothers, they still doubted when he was genuine. In fact, once Jacob died, his brothers were afraid that Joseph would finally take out his revenge. Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. I am the place of God. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. All his life, his brothers were jealous of him, probably not treating him very well. And all he showed them was grace and kindness. He realized that he, what everything that happened to him put him, resulted in him building his character, but put him in a place where he was not only able to help himself, but help the entire nation. What an amazing character. He faced, Joseph faced so many obstacles in his life, but he never became bitter and he never lost faith. He kept his eyes focused on God and committed to making the most out of his situation. He chose to continue to walk with God throughout all the adversity he faced. And he faced a lot. The refrain is, but the Lord God was with him. Often, what we are faced with is not always good, but often we're faced with disappointments. What we dream for ourselves don't always come true. I often feel the Lord walking with me only when things are going the way I want them to go. But Joseph is an incredible example for all of us. He did not walk as a victim, but as though the Lord was beside him always. If you keep the faith like Joseph did, you might find yourself on a different path, one that leads you to even greater rewards. We don't always see the seeds working hard underground. Like the Chinese bamboo tree made appear like nothing is happening. This is where you need to dig deeper and where your faith will make the most difference. Some people stop because they don't see immediate results. Don't let that someone be you. Keep committing to the daily actions you need to do to achieve your goals. Yes, it can be extremely easy to get discouraged. The best things in life are usually the ones that you need to work the hardest to get or keep. Often the path you never saw coming are the ones with the greatest treasure. Your dreams will not always come when you want them. Some may not even come at all. But if you just focus on believing on your faith, on your actions, often you'll find yourself on a different path and one that leads to an even better journey. Thank you for listening to Two Pillars Podcast. Next week, we will continue our faith series. It will be faith series part four. And if you like what you just heard, please subscribe and leave a positive review on iTunes. It makes It's the best way you can support the podcast and it helps to reach other listeners. Thank you so much and have a great rest of your day.